This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, December 21st. You're listening to WNBF. In Broome County Court, Peter A. Scott, age 75, of Binghamton, entered a plea of guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Scott admitted that on the 22nd of June 2022, he did stab a 58-year-old male in the arm with a knife during a dispute at 138 Grand Avenue in the village of Johnson City. Scott has a lengthy criminal history, including a prior conviction for felony attempted robbery in 2019 in Broome County. He will be sentenced to one and a half to three years in New York State Prison on March 20th, 2023. Michael A. Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said Mr. Scott has a history of violence and has not learned to control his behavior. A state prison sentence is the only way to protect the citizens of our community. The long-planned project to tear down five large buildings once used by IBM Endicott has received a big boost with a multi-million dollar grant from New York State. The village of Endicott is set to receive $6 million to help pay for the cost of demolition of 550,000 square feet of vacant industrial space along North Street. The buildings are part of the Huron campus. They're located east of McKinley Avenue. Mayor Linda Jackson on Tuesday afternoon said the award was the news we've been waiting for. She said she hoped the grant will help expedite the process of getting the unused buildings removed. According to the state announcement, the project will create a 10-acre shovel-ready site for anticipated new development in the industrial park. Chris Pelto, who manages the Endicott Properties for Phoenix Investors, last week told WMBF News he hoped the demolition project could get underway before the end of winter. The Binghamton Planning Commission has approved a project to convert part of a downtown office site into a place of worship, primarily for university students. The Ror Shabbat Center for Jewish Student Life of Vestal intends to develop the satellite facility on the first floor of a building at Wall and Henry Streets. The building now is used by Exila Technologies, which provides a range of business services. Rabbi Levi Slonim of the Shabbat Center said there's been an increased interest in providing worship and other opportunities downtown as the number of Binghamton University students living there has grown. Slonim said the organization offers services, classes, and social events for students and others in the community. Maxwell Leiser, age 35, of Ballston Spa, New York, pled guilty to drug and firearm charges and admitted to conspiring with the leader of a Schenectady-based drug trafficking organization to distribute cocaine base and heroin in Saratoga County. Leiser admitted that between December 2020 and April 2021, he conspired with Terrell M. Patrick, a.k.a. Light, to distribute approximately 465 grams of cocaine base and 198 grams of heroin in Saratoga County. Leiser further admitted that he unlawfully possessed three firearms and ammunition as a felon. Leiser faces at least 10 years and up to life in prison, a term of supervised release of at least five years and up to life, and a maximum fine of $10 million when he's sentenced by United States District Judge May A. Diagostino on April 20th, 2023. Joshua Mallory, age 37, and Gary Greer, age 36, of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, pled guilty this week in federal court in Syracuse to conspiracy to commit bank fraud and aggravated identity theft. In pleading guilty, Mallory and Greer admitted that they were involved in a fraud scheme known as Felony Lane Gang between 2015 and 2020. Mallory, Greer, and their co-conspirators traveled across the country, breaking into cars, 
often targeting those parked by women at locations such as health and fitness centers, daycares, outdoor recreational parks, and dog parks. Mallory and Greer and other members of the conspiracy stole debit cards, credit cards, checkbooks, and photo identifications in these smash-and-grab vehicle thefts. And they used these stolen items to commit bank fraud by recruiting women to impersonate the smash-and-grab victims and drive through bank lanes and cash checks. The recruited check caches were almost always suffering from an addiction to controlled substances and were provided payment, at least partially, in narcotics. Mallory and Greer each admitted that the loss amount from the conspiracy attributable to them is at least $95,000. The charges to which Mallory and Greer pled guilty carry a minimum sentence of two years in prison and a maximum sentence of 30 years, a fine of up to $1 million, and a supervised release term of up to five years. Mallory will be sentenced on May 1st, 2023, and Greer will be sentenced on April 19th, 2023. Mallory and Greer were two of nine men charged in a 13-count indictment for their roles in the scheme. Keyshawn Arnold, age 25, of Schenectady, New York, Terrell McDonald, age 32, of Troy, New York, and Tyrone Parker, age 40, of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, previously pled guilty for their roles in the indictment. Cedric L. Hudson, Jr., 36, of Syracuse, New York, pled guilty to possessing a firearm and ammunition as a convicted felon. Hudson was arrested in the town of DeWitt, New York, near Carrier Circle on October 17, 2022, when New York State troopers observed him driving erratically. He was stopped near a local gas station when it was learned his driver's license was suspended and a tow truck was called to remove his car. A search of the vehicle prior to it being towed located a 45 caliber semi-automatic handgun and seven rounds of 45 caliber ammunition in a magazine clip. Hudson was prohibited from possessing a firearm or ammunition. Having been previously convicted in Onondaga County Court of a felony drug offense in 2014, when arrested on October 17, 2022, Cedric Hudson was also the subject of a parole violation warrant from the state of North Carolina. Sentencing is scheduled for April 20th, 2022 in Syracuse, New York, at which time the defendant faces a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison, a fine of up to $250,000, and a term of supervised release of up to three years. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. It's true. We do these programs live and in living color on NBC. I mean, NBF. Yes, Living Color, WNBF News Radio, 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. In a crowded city is the hotline to the WNBF studio. By all means, call in. Test the quality of the American phone system. 607-772-1290. And you can also 
Send email to bob at wnbf.com. We begin the proceedings with Dave and Vestal. Good morning. Hey, good morning there, Bob. Hey, you know, I'd like to continue on with, uh, you know, I did a lot of thinking last night, uh, listening to all the, the Trump talk yesterday. And, and I'd like to comment uh, quickly, as I can here, on uh, Operation Destroy Trump at All Costs. You know, it, it all started with Obama on his way out the door. Remember, lying and colluding with the NSA, CIA, and FBI, especially James Comey, all of which, you know, were determined to be lies. You know, when it comes to Russia, and Trump was spied on, too. Our own people spied on Trump. Then they attempted to remove him through impeachment. All lies and a big waste of money. And then you move on to the 2020 election, and they continued their shameful assault on Trump. They're using the DOJ, CIA, NSA, and the FBI colluding. In the MOUSE. So, uh, yeah. I mean, cut to the chase. So the guy is in indestructible. He's the uh, Teflon former guy. Nothing yeah. evidently yeah. sticks to him. So, you know, he takes, uh, as the Timex watch commercials used to say, he takes yeah. a licking. Wait a second. That was Stormy Daniels. <laughs> anyway. Enough of that. So uh, your point is that a, a lot of people have been trying to um, take care of the guy politically. Well, yeah, right, but, but yeah. not just a, a lot of people, Bob. They, they went to using social media after that, you know, with the controlling what information was coming out to, to put their thumb on the scale of our election. And, and the sad part of it all, Bob, is is the American people. They sat by, you know, that that's the most sickening and sad part of it all. The American people actually agree that whatever it takes to destroy this man and keep him from office, they don't care if it's if it's done legally. I don't think most people. Legally. I don't think most people want the guy destroyed. They just want him to go away. So if if he if he announces today on this program between now and noon in a global exclusive that I, the former guy, pledge to go away and you won't hear from me anymore, that is my solemn <laughs> vow. And I I think most Americans would say, all right. You know, there is peace on earth at last. After all these decades of dealing with a short-fingered vulgarian, we can go on with our lives, and he can go on with his life. Uh, you see, that's I think I think that's the way to resolve the situation. I think he is sick of being attacked, and Americans are sick of having to attack him. They hate him that much, Bob. They, they, they don't hate him. They're just tired of him. It's not, it's not a matter of hate. They are just, can I be honest with you? It's former guy fatigue. There's only so much of this we can take. But they're shameful and un-American people, so Operation Destroy Trump at all costs continues. And it will continue, Bob. All right. We'll see what happens. It's 915, Bob Joseph. We'll see what happens. What do you say? Call in at WNBF. The real show, not some fake show that you can see on TV. Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. Bob and Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, if Trump went away, you'd have dead air for three hours. I know. The show would be cut down to two minutes. So, I but, mean, on, on the one hand, on the one hand, many Americans want him to just leave. On the other hand, many talk show hosts want him to stay forever and, and continue with the outrageous antics. 
I want these people in Washington to leave forever. I say we go down there, get out. I've told you. I say you and I. Why don't you and I, it'll be like uh, Thelma and Louise, Bob and Bob, drive down to Washington, and we tell them, Attaboy! Attaboy! You guys are doing great work! Kid, what yeah. about? Kid, what about? Uh, uh, what's her name? The uh, the daughter of the former vice president. Yeah, Ms. Cheney. Good work. Oh, God, that thing. I'm talking about that Mitch McConnell moron. He's going hey, with the dumbass. Come on. Don't, don't call him names. Call yeah, him. But I like him. He's in my party, but look what but he's don't, doing. Don't he's denigrate going him. Along with these, did you see that bill they're trying to pass? They're bankrupting our country. Don't you people get it? We get it, and we get it good. Our tax yeah, bills are going to go through the roof. You laugh about it, and you think it's funny? It's it not, not funny. funny. It's, Bob, it's an outrage. It's stupid. These people are, I'm telling you, I'm not a, I don't think I'm, you know, Mr. Genius, but I'll tell you what. If I sat down with any of those people, I could work out a better plan than they do. They're idiots. You should sit down. You should sit down with Liz Cheney and AOC. You know what I'd do if I was across from her, don't you? Oh, I got, I, I, I don't know. How these people, she got beat by 40 points. She is not popular, and she's pushing to destroy. Dave was right. I'd like to meet this Dave. Me and him think alike. Probably lives down the street from you. I don't know. Oh, is that Ben Darris Jenner thing going on this year? Yes. Yes, uh, they were on talking about it last, uh, Uh, a few days ago. um, Bill Bandera was on the... Was it last Friday? Oh, I always try to catch him, but like I said, some <clears throat> I don't listen a lot because I get so yeah. upset. As you I'm trying it. to listen less. I'm getting, just between you and me, I'm starting to get sick of the program. Oh, wow. I'll take a no. no, you won't. No. That's the only thing that keeps me coming back for more. I No, you're not taking over. I wouldn't want Come on, man. Get real, I'd have, man. Uh, I'd have Matt Ryan and Vinny going nuts. Oh, man. Some liberal. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everything. Hey, Bobby, everything is in good hands. Yeah, right. Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, Joe Biden trained? is God's Joe gift Biden to is. America. Do you know that he's given $45 more billion to Ukraine? That I heard that. I heard that on the news, and that I almost... I was driving in this morning and heard that proposal to spend $45 billion, and I'm thinking, imagine what $45 billion could do for the people of Broman Tioga Counties. We... I could use a new car, a Harley or something. We are in need. Look at our infrastructure. Look at our crumbling parking garages. They Look at our bridges. Look at That's this place. Saying. It's these, falling apart. These people need to go. They don't care about the people. They're for their own enrichment. And, and people still vote for them. This is what freaks me out. <clears throat> All right. All right. Thanks, Bob. Hope you have a good Thanks. afternoon. Thank you. It's 921 WNBF. I am for the people. Matt from Binghamton, you're on the air. Oh, I'm sure he's happy that I got on right after him because that means he's still listening. I, you know, I just um, basically, I, you know, I just don't know what world the people who are so 
pro-Trump like your last listener listened to. Do they care that this guy told us how many times did he say his taxes were under audit, the guy? How many times did he give that excuse? Uh, how many times? And if, 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 Dave, if he calls back, ask him to answer the question, not say how much he hates me, because I, I point out that, you know, now we've added uh, probably a list of uh, 40 or 50 more lies to his thousands of lies that have been documented already with the fact that he told us that he couldn't turn over his taxes because he was being audited. Oh, that was, I, I understand, that was a misstatement because it turns out the IRS never audited the guy to begin with. Exactly, and they were supposed to. It's an un, unwritten rule, which is now hopefully going to be written, but for the last uh, 50 years, that's what every president has done, and it turns out that uh, there might be another crime in there because this uh, world is a um, Secretary of Treasury, uh, um, you know, was the one that intervened and got it so they didn't do what the normal audit that's done every year of a president's taxes. So he lied. Now, I mean, it's just the lies are so compounded, it's unbelievable. And this guy, we now know, paid one, you know, in 2020, he paid zero dollars of taxes. Uh, and in many other But he years, said it was a good thing. He said yeah, it was something like, because I'm smart. Remember when he had that smarmy look when he was debating Hillary Clinton? He had that, it came up during one of the debates about his inability to support the greatest country on the planet, and his quip was something to the effect, yeah, that's because I'm such a smart aleck. And here's what I will say about Joe Biden. Everybody's talking about his age. His age in this, he, he is the best president for our time because... He remembers what what the Cold War was like. He remembers how, you know, what it's the important alliances that were created in Europe after World War II. The other guy didn't care a damn about them. And he was he was think, talking about ending NATO. And and right now if you don't support Ukraine, that means these people like Putin are going to march into other countries and they're going to do what I mean, if, if he had gone unchecked and, and the brave people of Ukraine hadn't done what they did and we didn't support, we're not the only country supporting him. There's a lot of support, but it's well worth the money because otherwise we are going to have a Europe that's, you know, not that would be totally under um, influence and attack of Vladimir Putin. Is that what you want? Is that what people want? Well, we know there are some people who are. Putin apologists and, and their senators, uh, Josh Hawley, all these. And, and what about the Tucker people. Carlson, the um, the highly highly discussed Tucker Carlson show on the Fox Channel, and he um, he was a Putin apologist. He seemed to be a Putin cheerleader at one point. And if we don't defend a country like Ukraine uh, and how brave they've been, and, and and this is such a brilliant move to bring uh, the leader of Ukraine here tonight to talk about this. What a brilliant move by Joe Biden. Will they put that on TV? Will that be on TV tonight with President Zelensky on TV? Right. Right. Okay. I'll watch. Yes. So everybody should watch. Okay. And and I think this might be a turning point because the Republicans, if they don't support one, once he speaks, there's going to be such pressure on them to get off this 
uh, supporting tyrants and supporting people like uh, the guy from Hungary and all and Tucker Carlson's crazy, crazy theories that um, you know they're they're going down. They lost the elections that they should have won. So many things, and they're just destroying the the traditional Republican Party, which we need a strong traditional Republican Party yes. back that 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 really cares about doing things and and has a uh, you know says we think it should be done this way not that way that's what our government was supposed to be all about had those debates but not not having a party that supports tyrants and and basically says we're obstructionist we're about chaos and we don't want to accomplish anything especially if there's democrats in power because it'll make them look good that's not what our country is supposed to be about all right hey thanks matthew ryan appreciate your uh, calling in we'll see what the other listeners have to say I want to say Merry Christmas to Dave. Thank you. Okay. Bye. That, that was very magnanimous. <laughs> I get emotional sometime on the program. 927, Bob Joseph. I may be emotional, but I will soldier on. Good morning, WNBF Radio. You're on the air. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Well, this is DJ, and I'm calling from Binghamton, New York. Good morning. Welcome to our program. Thank you. When I started listening, I, I was thinking, why are these guys, you know, I do it, but, you know, unless I'm up at like four in the morning, nine fifteen, too, too early to talk about politics, but I, I called to say that happy Hanukkah, first of all, to everyone who understands it. And today's the fourth day of Hanukkah, which, which Jesus celebrated. And people are calling up, well, not people, one person in particular, rant, uh, you know, degrading someone and i ask myself why why would anyone call up a program and talk bad about someone it, because israel who's celebrating hanukkah right now the, the big festival over there and i know i know we you guys celebrate saturnalia and, and chris kin the chris kringle but you know bob it's funny to me because the most persecuted race ever recorded in history finally got a country they didn't have a home for thousands of years, they finally get one, and then we become a, a Christian nation, and all our presidents say, oh, yeah, we're Bush and Obama and everybody, we're going to make Jerusalem the capital of Israel. They never did. One man made Jerusalem the capital of Israel, which is all, which is what all, it's all these people wanted, these, this persecuted race. They wanted their home, Jerusalem, to be the capital of, of Israel, and he did it. And well, and there you go. That's, uh, that's the story. That is the story that people, I think, should focus on. People should give up on politics until January 17th. Give up on what did he do? What did he do? He's yes, give up on politics till January 17th. That's my motto. Of course, course, I'm kidding, because then what, what kind of a show would I have? If I gave up on politics till January 17th, DJ, what kind of show would it be? Cut out the Stormy Daniels. Oh, come now. The, Please. You said that earlier. You did. Cut, cut out that he's lying. I, Matt Ryan. There's nothing, Matt Ryan. there is nothing wrong with Stormy Daniels. No, she, so, she was an, I mean, if she was an actress. Well, yeah. So, you know, I mean, just because, because they're, because they may or may not have been involved in something. Right. You know, who are we to judge? Appreciate your call. Thank you, DJ. 929, this is Bob Joseph serving America and the world.
with a microphone and a telephone and a couple of transmitters up on a hill in upstate America. News Radio, WNBF. Bob Joseph live at 9.33, News Radio, WNBF. Now, it's time to talk about the weather, of course. now by Mark Pellerito, the Warning Coordination Meteorologist at the National Weather Service Binghamton office at the Greater Binghamton Airport, high atop Mount Ettrick. Beautiful and popular Mount Ettrick. And Mark, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning to you, Bob. It's good to have you on, and um, we're uh, anxiously... uh, approaching the holiday weekend a lot of people traveling even some people on the road now i'm sure some people have heard about the uh, the forecast with some wild and wacky weather coming over the next few days so some people probably advance their travel plans uh, tell us a little bit about what people can expect over at least initially in the next couple of days we're going to see some uh, incredibly mild temperatures at one point and then my understanding is we're likely to experience the pleasure of a flash freeze. Yeah, uh, and who who would have thunk it when you're looking out the window right now? <laughs> I know. I was going to mention. It's a gorgeous uh, day right now. Yeah, Nat- Natalie Merchant was singing the, the skies as far as she can see are, are gray this morning. They're brilliant blue. I was out taking pictures this morning in Endicott and Binghamton for a, a news yeah. story I'm working on. I'm looking at the, the color of the sky. I'm saying... That's almost impossible, Blue. And then, you know, people will look at the pictures later when the story goes up today or tomorrow, and they'll say, Bob, you doctored those photos. That's, that's a blue that's not possible in Broome County. But it, it is a beautiful <laughs> final morning. For people not familiar, this is the final morning of autumn. We're about to segue from autumn into winter in just a few hours. Yeah, happy solstice, and I think it's going to be known to us what season it is uh, in just a day or two. Um, but yeah, for now, for now we're good, um, and we do have, you know, this is kind of a, a large low pressure system that's impacting a, a very huge chunk of the country. So anybody traveling outside the local area probably already knows about this, as far as you know, flights being canceled or delayed or what have you, especially for points west of here. But, uh, yeah, uh, tomorrow for us locally, uh, we're going to start off with some rain developing uh, midday to afternoon. Um, There could be a little bit of wintry mix involved on the very front end of that, um, especially for the the hilltops and things like that. But it it will be a quick change to just plain rain. So if you happen to be traveling, like, say, later tomorrow afternoon through tomorrow night, uh, it's going to be wet, but it'll be fine. You know, temperatures will be surging uh, much milder uh, up through the 40s. Um, so uh, initially, even though yeah, there, there are, you know, there is that potential for a brief wintry mix that you have to keep an eye on as this thing moves in, uh, for the most part, it's just going to be cruddy, but not 
not uh, not a showstopper whatsoever for travel. Which is good. And then, what I, I'm I'm fascinated. Anytime that um, there are dramatic changes, dramatic temperature changes, and and where we go from one extreme to another, to me that's fascinating. I've always had this. Uh, um, strong interest in weather uh since i was a kid and when these things happen it's to me it's just mother nature at her best even if it does create um challenges for for people whether it's travel challenges or some cases if you wind up with uh, dramatic temperature changes uh it can cause problems with the uh, the power supply because sometimes power electrical equipment is not uh really that uh, up to snuff to go, say, from the 50s down into the teens, or sometimes we get problems associated with strong winds. So there could, in fact, be some some uh, cold people as we uh, approach this weekend because of potential power issues and other problems. Yeah, yeah. The front end of this really isn't going to be all that bad. The, the high-impact time um, will be Friday, uh, Friday and beyond. Um, that, as you, as you were mentioning there, uh, the, the extreme swing in temperatures, that's what's, you know, and Friday's going to be something meteorologically fascinating, but a real pain for anybody, uh, you know, with, with plans and travel and all that stuff. You're going to wake up uh, Friday morning, and it's going to be well into the 40s, maybe a couple spots even close to 50 degrees, and saying, what's the problem? It's just rain. But uh, this, this very powerful cold front. Uh, is uh, is set to come through um, right around midday, and temperatures that will uh, you know, yes, we have temperatures pretty common that you know they'll be above freezing during day and below freezing at night. But in this manner, this is not common, you know, for the middle of the day for the temperature to fall, you know, a good 25, 30 degrees in just a matter of a few hours. Uh, so. Friday afternoon in particular, that's where you're going to have rain switching over to quick snow. Um, the snow itself, not a whole lot, but the problem is that the temperatures are going to be so abruptly falling uh, that anything that's still wet will freeze over, and then you'll add a dash of snow on top of that. So roads could quickly become quite hazardous Friday afternoon. And the other thing that you also briefly mentioned there, gusty winds, very gusty winds with this. <clears throat> and it could cause, you know, power issues and all that as well. What about Saturday? Because some people might be doing some last-minute chores outside the house, maybe some last-minute shopping or whatever on Saturday, and then some will be looking forward to uh, attending Christmas Eve services or possible other Christmas Eve events on, on Saturday night. What what can they expect for Saturday during the day and, and the evening? If I had to sum it up in one word, it's Arctic. <laughs> it's just going to be, you know, uh, you know. yes, we'll have the very gusty winds there on Friday. Uh, and still somewhat gusty on Saturday, but not, not quite as strong as, as Friday. Uh, but the, the absolutely noticeable thing, even, even Friday evening, you'll see temperatures uh, dive bombing into the teens and even single digits, and the wind chills going sub-zero. Uh, so... Uh, Saturday during the day, um, the weather, as far as travel and such, at least in the immediate local level, will be much improved um, in terms of precipitation. But uh, 
for the temperatures, my my goodness, it's going to be a cold day. <laughs> it's uh, the the highs. Uh, the highs on Saturday will be just in the teens, and the wind chills will be often sub-zero. Whoa. Now, on, on Christmas Day, on Sunday, based on the forecast at this point, it looks like it'll still be quite chilly. But at least it looks like uh, a, probably a nice day if people want to go outside quickly and take uh, a couple of outdoor pictures on, on Christmas Day on, on Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't mind the Arctic cold, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it'll be, you know, it'll be a pretty day, but it'll be, be pretty cold. <laughs> um, I will say that even though locally, uh, you know, not much at all in terms of precipitation over the weekend. However, if you're going anywhere, like, say, uh, downwind of Lakes Erie and Ontario, I mean, it, it is going It's going to be a pretty, pretty serious situation. Um, you need to get up to Watertown or you know, over by Buffalo um, because uh, as this cold air really uh, blasts in with the gusty winds Friday evening, you're going to have a little bit of wraparound snow, but you'll get the lake effect as well. And, you know, when you have wind gusts of 45 to 50, mile, uh, 50 miles per hour with that snow, I mean, it could be near, near blizzard conditions at times. Uh, just downwind of the lakes. Exactly a week ago, your colleague Dave Nicosia was with us on the program, and he was giving us uh, um, the the short-term forecast because we certainly had some interesting weather late last week. But he also had said, uh, looking forward, that, oh, he knew something, some kind of storm at that point, Wednesday of last week, he wasn't sure if it could be a big snow event or a big rain event, but certainly things were shaping up even a week ago for what we're about to experience. So now looking forward, uh, looking forward to the next week or so between Christmas and New Year's, at this stage, are you seeing anything that is lining up to, to cause significant weather issues as we wrap up 2022? Yeah, uh Late last week, we, we could certainly see the potential for some sort of big storm now, followed by the Arctic blast uh, that's coming. And that, that's been, you know, we've been pretty confident of that all along. But uh, for the, uh, honestly, you get, you get Christmas weekend and beyond, looks pretty quiet. You know, it's going to be very cold, of course, but uh, temperatures will slowly recover bit by bit, day by day. Uh, closer to average as you go through next week, um, but not yeah, not before several days of well below average temperatures. But in terms of precipitation, not not seeing a whole lot, not seeing any big storms. Um, once you get uh, towards the new year, uh, the last few days of of 2022, maybe a little more activity at that time. But you know, not, nothing that I can point to at this time. Um, it lo- looks like a quieter period. Mark Pellerito. Warning Coordination Meteorologist with the National Weather Service at the Binghamton office. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Wish you and uh, your family the very best in the holiday uh, weekend coming up. All right. Thank you very much, Bob, and everybody. uh, Stay safe out there, especially during that flash freeze Friday afternoon. And we'll look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Okay. See you, Bob. 944, Bob Joseph live on News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app.
WNBF 948. Bob Joseph live, taking calls because that's what they told me to do. Jim in Owego, good morning. You're on the air. Morning. Hey, I'm one of your favorite callers. I thought I'd just uh, call in and say hi. A um, couple, couple of things I wanted to bring to mention. Um, uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, didn't do anything illegal with his taxes. Everything he did was acceptable. He took losses, and then he put them up over the years. What? Whether you like it or not, if he committed a crime, he'd be in prison. So there's nothing there. No, not to mention that the Mar-a-Lago case was dismissed, but no one's even talking about that anymore. Um, but if you really want to talk about lies, why don't you talk about uh, the plagiarizer, Joe Biden, who constantly lies? He said that. Um, but he hasn't broken any laws. Come on, man. He, but you've talked about um, Trump being a liar, but you don't give the other side. Um, Biden talked about um, his son Bo being being killed in action when he actually that wasn't the case. He talked about being a trucker, uh, working for a lumber company. Uh, talked about um, uh, Candela when actually his mentors were segregationists. He talked about being at the top of his class when he was at the bottom of his class. I can go on and on about that. Well, maybe maybe you're describing that newly elected congressman from Long Island. That's what it, it sounds like. Like uh, that, uh, what's his name, George? Uh, I can't think of his last name there. The uh, guy the New York Times said made up most of his resume. That guy. So yeah, it sound, sounds like the two of them, well, you should get familiar with it because the, the, the new Republican uh, member of Congress from Long Island is a person who seems to be at odds with the truth. Well, that's, yeah. So I mean, it's, regardless of party, I mean, truthfulness is not a partisan issue. We all should strive to be truthy. I, yeah, just, but I, 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 everybody generalizes and says Trump's a liar, but they don't, lots of times don't even present examples. Now, I know Matt Ryan presented one, and that, that, that's a valid point but um i I mean i don't want to go down the list of the lies of the former guy there's we first of all i'm only allowed to be on till noon so it would be pointless to begin only with the the prelude but um suffice it to say his prevarications have been sufficiently documented in the global media i mean even even he will admit that he lies most of politicians do, and it's not well, great. Uh, and not, not just right. politicians. Can I be blunt? Yeah. Just between you and me, most people lie. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that we're ever going to elect a, a president of the United States who doesn't lie. That's impossible. Every president that we've had so far and every president that we'll have in the future will lie. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. I, I mean... In a perfect world, we would have a perfect president, but we don't live in a perfect world. We strive for perfection, but we also understand human frailties and human weaknesses. And one of the parts of the human condition is an inability to tell the truth 100% of the time. Bob, I wish, I, to be quite honest with you, I wish the story that was getting the headlines right now, but seems to be getting a blackout with uh, the mainstream media, is how... Um, the FBI uh, 
colluded with big tech and Twitter to put their fingers on the election for Biden by uh, saying that the Biden or the Hunter Biden laptop story was um, disinformation. And there's there's multiple people within the uh, the government that have been ex- actively communicating with with Twitter to to uh, ban conservatives, shadow ban them. Um, I don't hear them being talked about. And it's well, really you will. Be patient, Jim. Please, patience is a no. virtue. Starting in January, you're going to hear Republicans who will control the House talking about this incessantly. So, bide your time. Within the next two or three weeks, you're going to hear so much about Twitter and the other social media operations that even you may get tired of it at one point. So it's it's going to happen. Trust me. It will happen. Be patient. Yeah. The mainstream media has to be dragged through cold. Oh, the mainstream media. The mainstream media. The main... What? You have to be dragged through cold. Oh, please. Please. I wouldn't go that far. All right. Have a good day, Bob. Have a good day, Jim. I, I mean, hey, I'm an honest broker of the information that you need. WNBF, Bob Joseph, 953, live, taking lots of calls today. Just have that feeling at 607-772-1290. Lots of calls. Not lots of calls. Lots of calls. Because I am a man of the people. Miller Motors on the Parkway and Vestal, they're dealing. They are dealing, selling the cars, selling the trucks, selling every conceivable vehicle. Hondas and Hyundais, oh my. They have a great used inventory. Check out the used inventory of vehicles at MillerAutoTeam.com. Miller Motors on the Vestal Parkway, directly across from Binghamton University. Very easy to find. Easy in, easy out, get a car. Get a car. Get another vehicle. Buy a bunch. Give out cars for Christmas this year. Or celebrate any other holiday by gifting vehicles. Or just buy one for yourself. Or a friend. Miller Motors. If you want more information, go to MillerAutoTeam.com. Miller Motors. They'll be open this evening till 6 Check out the opportunities for a new Honda or Hyundai. They may have vehicles on their way right now that no one has claimed, so get in now while the getting is good at Miller Motors. Miller Auto Team, serving you on the Parkway Investor. 955 Bob Joseph Live, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. What did he say? Sorry, I was listening to the tunes. I wasn't paying attention to what he said. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. Oh, man. 
Play it one more time, Mr. Producer. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. Oh, one more time, in case the people at 92.1 FM weren't paying attention. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. And one more time, in case the people listening on 1290 AM didn't quite make it out. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. Okay, one more time for the people listening on the free WNBF app. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. See, that's the problem. He used brilliantly the laws of the country, and he acknowledged it. He used them brilliantly, and now there may be an investigation. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. And, of course, even during the holiday season, he won't take it lying down. If you use brilliantly the laws of the country and then people say we need to investigate and people say that the Justice Department needs to consider possibly bringing criminal charges, well, look, none of us use brilliantly the laws of the country. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. There's the problem. Get a good attorney. Get a good attorney. One license to work in D.C. in the federal courts. Bob Joseph, live, WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, December 21st. You're listening to WMBF. In Broome County Court, Peter A. Scott, age 75, of Binghamton, entered a plea of guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Scott admitted that on the 22nd of June 2022, he did stab a 58-year-old male in the arm with a knife during a dispute at 138 Grand Avenue in the village of Johnson City. Scott has a lengthy criminal history including a prior conviction for felony attempted robbery in 2019 in Broome County. He will be sentenced to one and a half to three years in New York State Prison on March 20th, 2023. Michael A. Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said Mr. Scott has a history of violence and has not learned to control his behavior. A state prison sentence is the only way to protect the citizens of our community. The long-planned project to tear down five large buildings once used by IBM Endicott has received a big boost with a multi-million dollar grant from New York State. The village of Endicott is set to receive $6 million to help pay for the cost of demolition of 550,000 square feet of vacant industrial space along North Street. The buildings are part of the Huron campus. They're located east of McKinley Avenue. Mayor Linda Jackson on Tuesday afternoon said the award was the news we've been waiting for. She said she hoped the grant will help expedite the process of getting the unused buildings removed. According to the state announcement, the project will create a 10-acre shovel-ready site for anticipated new development in the industrial park. Chris Pelto, who manages the Endicott Properties for Phoenix Investors, last week told WMBF News he hoped the demolition project could get underway before the end of winter. The Binghamton Planning Commission has approved a project to convert part of a downtown office site into a place of worship primarily for university students. The Ror Shabbat Center for Jewish Student Life of Vestal intends to develop the satellite facility on the first floor of a building at Wall and Henry Streets. The building now is used by Exila Technologies, which provides a range of business services. 
Rabbi Levi Slonim of the Shabbat Center said there's been an increased interest in providing worship and other opportunities downtown as the number of Binghamton University students living there has grown. Slonim said the organization offers services, classes, and social events for students and others in the community. Maxwell Leiser, age 35, of Ballston Spa, New York, pled guilty to drug and firearm charges and admitted to conspiring with the leader of a Schenectady-based drug trafficking organization to distribute cocaine base and heroin in Saratoga County. Leiser admitted that between December 2020 and April 2021, he conspired with Terrell M. Patrick, a.k.a. Light, to distribute approximately 465 grams of cocaine base and 198 grams of heroin in Saratoga County. Leiser further admitted that he unlawfully possessed three firearms and ammunition as a felon. Leiser faces at least 10 years and up to life in prison, a term of supervised release of at least five years and up to life, and a maximum fine of $10 million when he's sentenced by United States District Judge May A. Diagostino on April 20th, 2023. Joshua Mallory, age 37, and Gary Greer, age 36, of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, pled guilty this week in federal court in Syracuse to conspiracy to commit bank fraud and aggravated identity theft. In pleading guilty, Mallory and Greer admitted that they were involved in a fraud scheme known as Felony Lane Gang between 2015 and 2020. Mallory, Greer, and their co-conspirators traveled across the country breaking into cars, often targeting those parked by women at locations such as health and fitness centers, daycares, outdoor recreational parks, and dog parks. Mallory and Greer and other members of the conspiracy stole debit cards, credit cards, checkbooks, and photo identifications in these smash-and-grab vehicle thefts, and they used these stolen items to commit bank fraud by recruiting women to impersonate the smash-and-grab victims and drive through bank lanes and cash checks. The recruited check caches were almost always suffering from an addiction to controlled substances and were provided payment, at least partially, in narcotics. Mallory and Greer each admitted that the loss amount from the conspiracy attributable to them is at least $95,000. The charges to which Mallory and Greer pled guilty carry a minimum sentence of two years in prison and a maximum sentence of 30 years, a fine of up to $1 million, and a supervised release term of up to five years. Mallory will be sentenced on May 1st, 2023, and Greer will be sentenced on April 19th, 2023. Mallory and Greer were two of nine men charged in a 13-count indictment for their roles in the scheme. Keyshawn Arnold, age 25, of Schenectady, New York, Terrell McDonald, age 32, of Troy, New York, and Tyrone Parker, age 40, of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, previously pled guilty for their roles in the indictment. Cedric L. Hudson, Jr., 36, of Syracuse, New York, pled guilty to possessing a firearm and ammunition as a convicted felon. Hudson was arrested in the town of DeWitt, New York, near Carrier Circle on October 17, 2022, when New York State troopers observed him driving erratically. He was stopped near a local gas station when it was learned his driver's license was suspended and a tow truck was called to remove his car. A search of the vehicle prior to it being towed located a 45 caliber semi-automatic handgun and seven rounds of 45 caliber ammunition in a magazine clip. Hudson was prohibited from possessing a firearm or ammunition. Having been previously convicted in Onondaga County Court of a felony drug offense in 2014, when arrested on October 17, 2022, Cedric Hudson was also the subject of a parole violation warrant from the state of North Carolina. Sentencing is scheduled for April 20th, 2022 in Syracuse, New York, at which time the defendant faces a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison, a fine of up to $250,000, and a term of supervised release of up to three years. 
You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WMBF. This is Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Bob Joseph, call me, maybe. Just don't call me late for dinner. 607-772-1290. There's my number. Call me if you want or send an email if you prefer. Bob at WNBF.com. We do it on the radio from 9 to noon, Monday through Friday, for your enjoyment and for your edification. (laughs) I know, you're saying, what? I don't want to be edified. I don't want to be edified. Come on, man. Anyway, the, uh, the shocking truth is that we can't get away from him. Yeah. Until he voluntarily uh, decides to depart from the scene, we um, we will have to talk about him on a regular basis. So we'll just say the former guy, as as the news reports have uh, said, he um, he definitely he definitely has um, some potential problems. The good news is we should be able to finally see his tax information coming up soon. Talk more about that this hour right here on News Radio WNBF. Uh, again, if you want to discuss that or other issues of importance to the Binghamton area, you may give us a call at 607-772-1290. I have plenty of calls coming up this hour with Bob Joseph here on News Radio. WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. It's 10.15, Bob Joseph, live at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. And we now go to Tioga County and Nichols, where there are some challenges that are facing Catholic charities of Tompkins and Tioga. 
We're joined now by the agency's executive director, Renee Spear. Good morning. Good morning, and thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us on this Wednesday morning. So I heard the news a few days ago about uh, a situation of a a proposed rent increase that could have a big impact on the uh, Nichols location for uh, Catholic Charities of Tompkins and Tioga. Give us a little uh, background, what's going on and where things stand at the moment. Sure, thank you. Um, So Catholic Charities for the Tioga County area has been in the old Nichols Elementary building for the past 10 years. Uh, We have been serving Tioga County for 25 years. Um, And the town of Nichols bought the building from Tioga Central School District in 2017. Um, We have been paying a pretty stable rent of about $1,476 a month. But on November 30th, I was told that our rent is going to be increased to 4029 a month. So that's going to be a difference of 17712 a year to 48348 a year, which is uh, a pretty hefty increase, I think, for anyone to be able to swallow um, that. That's, that's actually... It's been stated it's about 171% increase, but it's actually more like a 366% increase. Um, And Catholic Charities has served this part of Tioga County for quite a while, and there's there's a a big need for our services in this part of the county. So um, that's impossible for us to come up with that amount of rent. Um, So I'm not really sure if if that amount sticks if uh, we will be able to stay here or if we will have to look elsewhere um, for a different location, which is going to be pretty tough to find one down in this county, in this part of the county. So what did town officials say to um, explain the dramatic increase in the proposed rent going forward? Well, well, to get an absolute answer has been a little difficulty, but uh, apparently as stating that according to uh, auditors, comptrollers, lawyers, uh, recommendations have been that they have to be able to charge at a kind of a fair market rate um, for tenants in this building. So they're indicating that the square footage, uh, fair market rate for the square footage of this building would be anywhere from $8 to $13. However, that's not what I've been told by local realtors. Um, So we're still trying to figure that all out and figure out um, exactly are these recommendations or these things that could be then to get to that end result. Could we do it over a time period and not all at once? Um, So that's the kind kind of situations that I'm trying to see if the town will negotiate with us. Um, to get hit with this all at once is going to be really hard, but could we get to that end result over maybe the next three, four years? Do you get the sense that perhaps the agency, Catholic Charities, has been getting a really, really good deal over the last decade, and maybe they're just coming to sort of a belated realization that, that maybe what Catholic Charities had been charged was probably below what it could have or should have been. Do you think that's a, a factor here? Well, I do. 
I do believe that we were getting a pretty good rate. Um, but if you really consider what Catholic Catholic Charities does to help the community and the residents of the area, and how much that we could, how much we actually kind of save the county by what we support and what we provide to the residents, I think then you know we're doing our fair share. And I think this big of an increase is one that um, is a little bit is a little bit too high all at once. Um, Do I think that there should or needed to be maybe an increase due to inflation? Absolutely. We're all dealing with inflation. We're all having a hard time with how much everything has gone up. So I can see an increase. But I think this amount of an increase is um, is way too much to ask for a charitable organization to do all at once. So when does the current lease expire? Um, Well, they are giving us to February 1st. So in the next month or month and a half, something has to happen. Either Catholic Charities will have to look at alternate arrangements or there will have to be... um, a meeting of the minds to come up with a, a, a rent level that would be more appropriate to stay put. So what, what do you expect is going to happen? This is a tough time of year to be talking about uh, negotiating anything because people are so focused on Christmas and New Year's and everything is so cold and nobody wants to do much of anything at this point, at least probably for the next week or two. So what what do you think is likely to happen between now and February 1st? Well, um, I don't think too much is going to happen, like you said, right now. But we have been very fortunate by the news getting out. Um, the Food Bank of the Southern Tier has come forth. And there is a great possibility that they will cover the difference of our rent at least for two to three months. So that will give us a little bit more time to be able to come up with some negotiations, if we can, with the town. Um, If we cannot come up with anything different, any other types of negotiation, we either have to downsize what we're doing in the building to stay in the building and not pay for as as many rooms or we will have to look for a different location which is not going to be the easiest to find so based on what you just said it doesn't seem that there's real urgency that in four or five or six weeks the agency is going to be out in the cold literally or figuratively, it it looks like you have potentially some breathing room. You haven't heard from the people with the town of Nichols that if there's not a a full agreement in place for a new lease on February 1st that uh, you need to get out of there. Well, they had indicated in a town meeting that they gave us our, they gave the proper notice, which is 30 days. Um, So they are basically saying by the 1st, the rent is going to go up. I haven't heard anything different than that. However, I think because the food bank is really working with us, they are coming to our aid to give us more time, and we're very blessed for that. Well, we'll see what happens, certainly because of the the media coverage that 
shines a spotlight on the situation and would hope that the representatives of the town of Nichols and Catholic Charities then can have some productive discussions and resolve the issue so it'll be so the town will feel that it's receiving a fair amount for the space and then Catholic Charities can continue to do the um, provide the services that it has been providing for for all these years that is correct yes and i do feel that the town can um, also afford this you know they don't have any mortgage on this building nor do they pay taxes or anything so um you know and and the services that we do provide for the residents of Nichols, you would think that we would want to work something out so that Catholic Charities could stay here and continue to support their residents here in the Nichols area. Have you had any indication that the town of Nichols has somebody that really wants to move into that space, that if the space is no longer used by Catholic Charities, that they have somebody lined up to come in and make use of the space and bring them a lot more revenue than they've been receiving? I have not heard anything to that extent, so I really don't know if that is any type of a plan that they have or not. I have not heard that. Well, we'll stay tuned. Um, we'll, we'll follow what happens in, in the coming weeks, and I'm sure you'll keep us posted if there are new developments. Yes, I do want to say, though, I, I do think that the town of Nichols does appreciate the work that Catholic Charity does. So I do hope that there could be some good negotiations um, for us to be able to stay here and continue to support people in this area. Renee Spear, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Tompkins and Tioga, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Stem 27, Bob Joseph live at News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. If you want to call, I would recommend calling. If you have something to say, I would recommend saying it. Say it on the air. 607-772-1290. Wednesday morning, News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. When I add a... what they said on the titanic 10:30 wnbf live with bob joseph back to the phones beverly in the town of dickinson good morning good morning yeah i see where the, the president of ukraine is going to be at the white house 
Yeah, that's going to be great. Um, the president of Ukraine oh, and the president of the USA will have uh, a meeting. They're going to take a meeting, and then uh, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, will be on TV talking to great Americans like you and me. Well, that'd be nice. I think it's great. I think this could be a turning point, a, a turning point in the war, paving the way ultimately to peace in our time. Yeah, I hope. I hope so because we've had we've had several uh, wars in the past. I mean, since what nineteen seventeen? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a real troubling history of um, of violence and uncertainty and hopefully finally a sense of calm can be restored oh i hope so i really do well i want to want to wish everybody everyone a merry christmas and a happy new year i'm i'm going up and stay with my daughter on friday all right well i appreciate your checking in i hope you have a great day yeah, you too. 10.32 WNBF, Bob Joseph, taking the calls as they're received. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm uh, John, and I'm, I'm facing, uh, uh, I'm in Binghamton, but I'm, I'm facing west. All right, so you're right looking now. toward J.C., looking toward West Leicester, or yes, East Leicestershire. Yeah, the, the place where it's just fabulous since the university came in there. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, they're doing just fantastic work. Fantastic work at, at, at reinventing Johnson City. So in another two years, no one will recognize it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some, so, so, yeah, yeah, it's just something. Hey, uh, Bob, uh, on this uh, turning of the public library into a social service center, uh, as if it wasn't funky enough already, uh, you know, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I I don't see how that is going to do the public that wants to use uh, the library for its intended purpose uh, uh, any good to walk uh, by a uh, sea of uh, uh, people, uh, indigents that are down and out. I, I, I in fact, there was a, a, one of the, the beasts against the Carnegie Library was that uh, people were taking up the tables there all day long and uh, using it as their own personal clubhouse, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, bums. Uh, and uh, now we... I don't going... think you can use that word anymore. Is that, uh, isn't that word stricken? Well, I mean, look, I don't have anything against the poor. All okay, I'm but, is... but isn't there a, a more, um, how can we say it, uh, pleasing... A more pleasing description. People, in the past, they might have said people down on their luck or people facing financial challenges or sometimes even uh, mental health issues. But, but that word seems to have a lot of negative connotations. Well, here's the problem. When you have a service economy, a travel and leisure, an experiential economy, uh, and you want people to spend their money, uh, you have to provide them with the ambience uh, uh, to have a good time. They've got, they're carrying enough. Everybody now is carrying enough of their own baggage in their head uh, that they uh, sometimes want to uh, shy away from the world's problems and other problems and escape. And that's that's essentially what casinos are about. Uh, that's a 
That's what uh, recreational drug use is about. That's what belling up to the bar is about. That's what going in for a for a golf game of golf is about. Movies. They, the kids used to go to movies, or people, adults used to go to movies as a form of escape, escapism. Right. So when you don't provide this, when you want to uh, mix people, uh, and Starbucks found this out. Look, it doesn't take that many. I can destroy any business. All I have to do is give a gift card uh, to certain people, uh, waltz them into any uh, a, a restaurant or uh, whatever, and I'll destroy that business within a week uh, simply because of, of the people, the customers. Uh, you know, just like the hotel business is being destroyed now by the homeless. Uh, you know, uh, so <laughs> I would suggest this, you know, we... we we talk about these illegals being shipped up to Martha's Vineyard. Let's just talk about Broome County, and let's put all the social service centers in Vestal and in uh, the, the group homes in Endwell. Let's 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 concentrate them up there. Let their uh, progeny uh, go to uh, ME and Vestal High School and and, and see what uh, the results are. Uh, you know, we have people, large numbers of people, and it's not the, the buildings, it's not downtown. We have large numbers of people uh, that uh, have been encouraged by the social welfare system uh, to create a chaos wherever they go. Uh, so th- this is this is what's, what's happening, Bob. Uh, you know, our society is being systematically destroyed. And let me wrap it up with this, my comments on Zelensky. Uh, a great phony and a great fraud. I, I think $60,000 worth of Christmas shopping in Paris for his wife was not enough. I think he's coming here to pick up some odds and ends. But uh, the uh, the thing about it is, as I mentioned this before, there's uh, only two two persons that are of consequence, and they're not Zelensky and Biden. They are Putin and Pope Francis, and they both know the score. Putin is a fan of the apparition at Fatima in 1917, which warned us of modernism and the worst was yet to come. The church is on the hook because they failed, successive popes failed to obey the direct instructions of Our Lady, and we're at this mess. And Putin realizes uh, that he is sitting in the cat bird seat for one reason. Uh, he will either be conse- consecrated, his nation will either be consecrated. Uh, to the Blessed Virgin, and be the savior and the defender of the faith, or or he will be forced to be the instrument of God's punishment. Either way, either way, that's what it is, and there's only two people that can change it. One is sitting in Rome, and one is sitting in uh, St. Petersburg. All right. I appreciate the update. Keep me posted. Yep. Thank you. That's John in Binghamton. Actually, it's John from Binghamton. John from Binghamton. He happens to be in Binghamton, and as you could detect during the phone call, he was facing westward Leicestershire, where the fabled Leicestershire sauce was invented. I think it was in a brick building near an old EJ factory back in uh, the 20s. It's 1920s. 1038, Bob Joseph. 607-772-1290 is the number if you need it. Uh, Email address if you need it, bob at wnbf.com. We are here for you. Remember, from noon to 3 today, 
Former Secret Service employee Dan Bongino tells it like it is on WNBF. You deserve is making you lonely you can always go downtown when you've got worries all the noise and the hurry seems to help i know downtown just listen to the music of the traffic in the city linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty and smell the weed yes they're smoking all that weed every day they're smoking the weed every day downtown that's all you can smell now downtown all that weed is legal now oh i'm sorry is the mic on i regret the error 1042 wnbf gary on the west side but you know you just mentioned that about all the weed and smoking downtown i What's the number one Google search in the Binghamton area? Did Weed. you look at that up? Yeah, ticket ticket store sales or something, right? <laughs> that's what we were talking about. I, I think time. I think that's that's why everybody loved my sticker. My sticker store store story received accolades right. because so many people were searching for it and they wanted to know not so much where their favorite sticker store was, but they were just concerned uh, whether their favorite sticker store had been shut down yet by the five O. Hey, I know you're a Red Sox fan, okay? And from what I understand, the Mets are your number two team. Yeah, yeah. I heard the news. I heard the news this morning about the Mets. Well, I think you might be changing from the Mets because, from what I understand, you changed from the Yankees because George Steinbrenner tried to buy a uh, championship, and now yeah, that was part of it. Is happening in Queens. That yeah, Carlos Correa and three hundred fifteen zillion dollars for twelve years. And by the way, and I'm all for people getting as much money as they can possibly squeeze out of the man. But um, you know, I don't have anything particularly against people getting paid lots and lots of money. Um, but I do. As you uh, alluded to, I'm, I'm not impressed by sports team owners who think that the best way to play the game is to throw all this money at the thing. But the weird thing about uh, Carlos Correo is there was something about his health that caused the uh, Giants, the Giants in California, to say, um, no, we, we're not going to do a deal with you. Now... Apparently, the rich man who owns the Mets, Mr. Cohen, must have looked at the health report and said, yeah, I don't really care about that, so I'm willing to pay you $315 zillion over 12 years. But, yeah, yeah, to your point, yeah, actually, thanks for pointing that out. Let me mark that down. (laughs) 10.44 a.m. on December 21st, I no longer, I resigned as a Mets fan. As a mess, then, yeah. Yeah, be, know, because it's, it's tough to take. Uh, yeah, I don't. The penalty I don't like tax that, that he's going to pay is a hundred million dollars or over that. Right. That's more than teams' salaries, entire salaries. He's going to pay in penalties. Yeah, but yeah. So I don't. Way, I mean, I know, I know 
The rules of Major League Baseball permit it. I just don't think it's nice. Now, the more interesting thing would have been, so had the, the Red Sox agreed to this sort of a deal and wound up with Carlos Correa for some sort of astronomical figure. The, the question, in a hypothetical case, would be, what would Bob Joseph say about that? Could Bob Joseph be consistent? But I guess we'll never know. So I did go to um, Rec Park this weekend and had an enjoyable time there. And thankfully, they did the repair on the carousel in time so that they could have it the second week. Really? What? It was broken? Well, this is what I hear, Bob. So now it is hearsay, okay? But uh, Well, that's all we that's all we can go with anymore. City officials no longer provide timely information, so uh hearsay is about all we can rely on. Hearsay and gossip on the street. So what what did you hear about the carousel? Well, maybe Parks and Recreation can confirm it. I don't. They won't. They're not allowed to. Parks and Recreation. Okay. Every time I call them, they say, Are, "Is this a media inquiry?" And of course, I have to be honest and say, "Yes, I'm Bob with the media." And then they say, right. "Mayor's office." And then, well, you know where that leads, anyway. So, oh, yeah. so what have you heard? What What are the kids on the street saying about our carousel over at Rec Park? Well, they had the uh, the uh, the first uh, night where everybody was, uh, you know, they could go on a carousel and ride the uh, carts, you know, the horse-driven carts or the tractor-driven carts. And I guess what happened was is that, you know, they uh, they loaded up the carousel because now now you got to remember who's in charge here are sixteen and seventeen-year-old kids that are in charge of probably the smoking weed. Am I right? Well, I think they were on their phone looking up uh, tickets. Where, yeah, where, 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 where to get, get it, but, where to get good quality cheap weed. But anyway, if so they deliver, if right. they deliver it now too, right? Yeah, do, I'm, I'm, I'm working here at the carousel. Can you deliver uh, an ounce to me at the carousel during my break? And a lighter. But so I guess what happened was is that. They weren't told to spread them out, and they all got on one side and started the thing around. And I guess whatever was underneath the the metal, the base of it cracked because it was tipped to one side or whatever. They had too many people on one side, and when it went around, it cracked. So they had to get somebody there to weld it. Not that night, but after that, and I guess they did. They got somebody there and fixed it, and... They were ready for the second week. But here's the thing. Well, and let's put it this way, obviously. From a good source, I heard it from, too. Yes. How how can I put this? Someone in a position to know. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So here's my problem. Well, it's not my only problem. I've got 99 problems, and this is one of them. Here we have a story about the fabled merry-go-round that was donated to the city of Binghamton by George F. Johnson nearly a century ago. And evidently, reportedly, allegedly, ostensibly, it was broken possibly because it was operated um, inappropriately. We don't know, but it it sort of sounds that way. And so this is... Remember, this was a gift from George F. Johnson. We need to cherish our carousels, all six of them in Broome County. So here's the here's the problem. Now, 
Back in the good old days, say when Al Libis or Juanita Crabb or Richard Bucci or Matthew Ryan or even Richard David, back in the good old days, that era, I might have been able to call the city and get a straight answer about what happened so we could do a story. Right now, the odds of that happening are none and none. So, and that's the problem. That's the problem that we have. You know, we have um, a city that has put a gag order on all of its employees and a mayor who also doesn't return phone calls. So, eh, you know, what can I say? This is... I don't think it's unique to Binghamton. No, I'm not saying it's it's unique unique to Binghamton. No. I know you're not. No, Broome County. I mean, most Broome County department heads are not allowed to speak freely unless they get permission from the county executive. So well, I'm not. Yeah, the county executive comes on. And he, yeah, but and that's that's, that's the thing. And, thing. And, you know, in you know, I don't like gag orders. You know, when gag orders started becoming common some uh, a couple of decades ago, that was a news story because journalists were outraged, simply outraged, and actually some. Area residents, Binghamton and Johnson City and Endicott and Vestal and Town of Union residents and county residents were outraged that their officials would not allow public servants to speak with reporters without express authorization. But now that's that's standard. So it's now we know you've heard me bellyache about it with what happens with with state agencies yeah well but but local agencies say if i call the parks commissioner or if i call the public works commissioner if i call anybody at city hall planning nobody but nobody is allowed to speak with me and by the way i mean officially on the record by the way several of them have told me bob I wish I could talk to you because I want an accurate story. I want my people to be properly represented. But they also know they're under direct orders from Mayor Jared Cram not to speak with any reporter. And it's not just me. I mean, if somebody from Action News calls or if Jim Emke calls from News Channel 34 or whatever, they're just not allowed to talk with journalists. So I have to ask you... Gary from Binghamton's West Side and everybody else listening, is that the right way to run a government, to have everybody under a gag order? I don't believe so. I don't believe so, but I, I get why they're doing it. But, Bob, didn't they at one time have someone in the office that was that their specific job was uh, speaking with media? Or is that a, that's a thing of the past now? Well, at one time... As, as we went through this painful transition where uh, city government went from being a government for the people and by the people and about the people, when we went from that transition over to city government is for the mayor and for city council, um, they did come up with a person who sort of served in that, that position to, to field inquiries and, and to provide... And no more? Oh, no. Oh no! They're gone. They're gone. Right? That's you know that that ship has sailed. There's, there's no the only the only thing that you're allowed to do now is uh, send an email, and I've sent a couple of emails to Mayor Cram. He he answers some emails that I send with some good information. Never as complete as I want, but at least sometimes he responds, and sometimes it's as though I sent the email to Vladimir Putin. Because it gets no response. 
It, it, I know he receives it because I've received um, acknowledgement and replies to some things that he wants to talk about, but for things that are top secret, he doesn't even acknowledge. So sometimes, yeah. sometimes he, he responds, and I know he checks his email, like any mayor. That's frustrating. He checks Boy, his email. But, and that's, you know, I'm, I understand. He, he's a mayor, unlike all his predecessors. Every other mayor of Binghamton, since the invention of the telephone, would return phone calls from reporters. So he's new. Rich David would return my calls. Matt Ryan, Richard Bucci, Juanita Crabb. Al Libis, they all returned phone calls from this reporter. This policy, because, and part of it, I think, is because it's generational. People, people of a certain age don't like the phone, and so they want to do everything by email or text. See, I'm too old, and I'm, I'm too, let's put it this way, I'm too experienced a reporter to, to have to, or to want to, rely only on email back and forth like here are four questions will you please answer and then you get a reply that answers maybe two and a half of the questions but and then if you want to follow up and it becomes like a a, an email thing going back and forth and something that could be accomplished in a three-minute phone call winds up taking two days Boy, that would be frustrating. Well, well it's, you know, like I say, that's 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 my problem. It's not your problem. But I figured since right. since it came up, since people want to know who broke the merry-go-round, again, that's not going to come out. Or if it comes out, it'll be a sanitized version with the city's spin on the story. What are you going to say about President Zelensky? Well, first of all, I'd like to say they did a good job of fixing it, Bob. That that should be something that they should put and out. And that's there. the we thing. Problem. By the and way, I most of the stories, I would say uh, at least three-quarters of the stories I usually want to do about the city are actually very favorable, very positive, almost to the yeah. point of being fluff stories, but they don't even want to participate there. That's odd. But So... I don't understand politics that much, Bob, and I don't understand what's going on in the Ukraine and all of that. But what I understand, what I think I understand anyway, is that we're giving them missiles and stuff to protect themselves. Okay, they're at war. I get it. But also, don't the people that manufacture these weapons have to get rid of them so that they can make new ones and make money? And we're part of that whole thing? Sure. That's why Lockheed Martin and BAE Systems and Raytheon, those guys are smiling at Christmas time. They're going to sell oh, yeah. billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars of 2023 model weapons of death. So th- basically, right. what is going on now, thanks to the Ukraine war and some other issues around the world, it's a clearance sale. Get out the old That's for the, exactly new, the, new, right. the new models of death are about ready to come out in the showrooms. Right. And so if we give them money, like, I don't know how, what is it, trillions of dollars we're going to be giving them now? or bill, I don't even know. You know, billions, trillions, millions, it, it all, I can't comprehend it. But do they, then do they buy the weapons from us or we give them money and weapons? Probably both. The bottom line is it's, um, it's, it's basically welfare for U.S. defense contractors. And we can't complain about it. We can't complain about it because it helps keep people... In our community, employed a lot of good people I know work for Lockheed Martin and BAE Systems and other defense contractors. So, yeah, it's an investment in our economic future. Ten fifty-seven. More to come. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. 
call it a breakfast crunch thing. Grab one today, only at Taco Bell. At participating U.S. Taco Bell stores during breakfast hours only until 11 a.m. While supplies last. Contact local store for hours and participation, which vary. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNB. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, December 21st. You're listening to WMBF. In Broome County Court, Peter A. Scott, age 75 of Binghamton, entered a plea of guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Scott admitted that on the 22nd of June 2022, he did stab a 58-year-old male in the arm with a knife during a dispute at 138 Grand Avenue in the village of Johnson City. Scott has a lengthy criminal history, including a prior conviction for felony attempted robbery in 2019 in Broome County. He will be sentenced to one and a half to three years in New York State Prison on March 20th, 2023. Michael A. Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said Mr. Scott has a history of violence and has not learned to control his behavior. A state prison sentence is the only way to protect the citizens of our community. The long-planned project to tear down five large buildings once used by IBM Endicott has received a big boost with a multi-million dollar grant from New York State. The village of Endicott is set to receive $6 million to help pay for the cost of demolition of 550,000 square feet of vacant industrial space along North Street. The buildings are part of the Huron campus. They're located east of McKinley Avenue. Mayor Linda Jackson on Tuesday afternoon said the award was the news we've been waiting for. She said she hoped the grant will help expedite the process of getting the unused buildings removed. According to the state announcement, the project will create a 10-acre shovel-ready site for anticipated new development in the industrial park. Chris Pelto, who manages the Endicott Properties for Phoenix Investors, last week told WMBF News he hoped the demolition project could get underway before the end of winter. The Binghamton Planning Commission has approved a project to convert part of a downtown office site into a place of worship, primarily for university students. The Ror Shabbat Center for Jewish Student Life of Vestal intends to develop the satellite facility on the first floor of a building at Wall and Henry Streets. The building now is used by Exila Technologies, which provides a range of business services. Rabbi Levi Slonim of the Shabbat Center said there's been an increased interest in providing worship and other opportunities downtown as the number of Binghamton University students living there has grown. Slonim said the organization offers services, classes, and social events for students and others in the community. Maxwell Leiser, age 35, of Ballston Spa, New York, pled guilty to drug and firearm charges and admitted to conspiring with the leader of a Schenectady-based drug trafficking organization to distribute cocaine base and heroin in Saratoga County. Leiser admitted that between December 2020 and April 2021, he conspired with Terrell M. Patrick, a.k.a. Light, to distribute approximately 465 grams of cocaine base and 198 grams of heroin in Saratoga County. Leiser further admitted that he unlawfully possessed three firearms and ammunition as a felon. Leiser faces at least 10 years and up to life in prison, a term of supervised release of at least five years and up to life, and a maximum fine of $10 million when he's sentenced by United States District Judge May A. Diagostino on April 20, 2023. Joshua Mallory, age 37, and Gary Greer, age 36, of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, pled guilty this week in federal court in Syracuse to conspiracy to commit bank fraud and aggravated identity theft. In pleading guilty, Mallory and Greer admitted that they were involved in a fraud scheme known as Felony Lane Gang between 2015 and 2020. 
Mallory Greer and their co-conspirators traveled across the country breaking into cars, often targeting those parked by women at locations such as health and fitness centers, daycares, outdoor recreational parks, and dog parks. Mallory and Greer and other members of the conspiracy stole debit cards, credit cards, checkbooks, and photo identifications in these smash-and-grab vehicle thefts, and they used these stolen items to commit bank fraud by recruiting women to impersonate the smash-and-grab victims and drive through bank lanes and cash checks. The recruited check cashes were almost always suffering from an addiction to controlled substances and were provided payment, at least partially, in narcotics. Mallory and Greer each admitted that the loss amount from the conspiracy attributable to them is at least $95,000. The charges to which Mallory and Greer pled guilty carry a minimum sentence of two years in prison and a maximum sentence of 30 years, a fine of up to $1 million, and a supervised release term of up to five years. Mallory will be sentenced on May 1st, 2023, and Greer will be sentenced on April 19th, 2023. Mallory and Greer were two of nine men charged in a 13-count indictment for their roles in the scheme. Keyshawn Arnold, age 25, of Schenectady, New York, Terrell McDonald, age 32, of Troy, New York, and Tyrone Parker, age 40, of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, previously pled guilty for their roles in the indictment. Cedric L. Hudson, Jr., 36, of Syracuse, New York, pled guilty to possessing a firearm and ammunition as a convicted felon. Hudson was arrested in the town of DeWitt, New York, near Carrier Circle on October 17, 2022, when New York State troopers observed him driving erratically. He was stopped near a local gas station when it was learned his driver's license was suspended and a tow truck was called to remove his car. A search of the vehicle prior to it being towed located a 45 caliber semi-automatic handgun and seven rounds of 45 caliber ammunition in a magazine clip. Hudson was prohibited from possessing a firearm or ammunition. Having been previously convicted in Onondaga County Court of a felony drug offense in 2014, when arrested on October 17, 2022, Cedric Hudson was also the subject of a parole violation warrant from the state of North Carolina. Sentencing is scheduled for April 20th, 2022 in Syracuse, New York, at which time the defendant faces a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison, a fine of up to $250,000, and a term of supervised release of up to three years. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. This is Bob Joseph live on a Wednesday morning. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 12:90 AM, and WNBF.com. Taking phone calls this hour at 607-772-1290. And you can also send your email to bob at wnbf.com. This hour, I plan to read one lucky email on the air. So if you submit the lucky email of the hour to bob at wnbf.com, you'll be able to hear what you uh, wrote on the radio. So that's an honor that is not bestowed on too many people. 
And we will have uh, calls from the average listeners coming up soon. Right now, though, we're joined by Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. So well, that what would was, you like to talk about? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know, the, the high price of pizza. If you notice, the price of pizza is soaring through the roof. It is in a lot of places. I know. I just got pizza for all my workers. It it can add up, but you know, it's uh, it's like everything else. Everything's going up. Yeah, I don't mind paying for a good quality product, and that's why when exactly. I when I get delicious pizza, I go to Endicott's North Side and and enjoy some fabulous North Side pizza establishments, including one that still insists on wrapping their pizza in paper the way they used yep. to do it back in the day when there was Duff's. Yeah, I remember Duff. My father loved that. Oh, my I, gosh. I, I go to the Great American Pizzeria down on Washington Avenue. That's where I got all my employees' pizza this this uh, this week. But I also love going to Nick's. I'm a good buddy of Nick Cataldo's down on in Union District. Over so on West Main Street. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. What a beautiful I, restaurant. Yeah, so we've got some great stuff. And on the avenue, we've got a lot of other ethnic restaurants, not just Italian. We have got, you know, Mexican and, and um, uh, from Bangladesh and Chinese and it, Japanese. It's, it's amazing. Greek. We have so many unusual and authentic restaurants that you could make a, a habit of every day going to a different one. And McCoy's Chop House. That's over oh, West Main that's Street. that's a great place, yeah. Oh, my. Very, very nice. I was just yeah. over there the other night. So, so we have a lot to choose. Yeah, from. I chatted with Jim McCoy a few nights ago. He was he was over that's there. Great. Yeah. Good. good. So anyway, that's that's what I think about Endicott. So I love to eat <laughs> and I love Endicott. So there. Anyway, um, in the news, we uh, we yeah. heard some uh, exciting and important news for Endicott from Albany. We heard that uh, the state has in fact approved six million dollars to help cover some of the cost of demolishing five uh, IBM buildings that are no longer used. The buildings along North Street that are east of McKinley Avenue. Yes. Now, I want everyone to know Phoenix did not ask us for this money. They did not ask for any of this. But what happened was we were given money from the last Restore New York for the Endicott Inn, which Marchuska Brothers did take down, and for the Kmart Plaza. Well, we didn't use it for the Kmart Plaza because it wasn't sold, and the village didn't want to take ownership of it. So we didn't use it. So what happened was our village manager, Anthony Bates, and uh, Town of Union economic developer, Joe Moody, went back to the state, and they said, look, can, can we read redesign this money. We don't want to lose it. If we don't use it for something in Endicott, it's going to go to Buffalo or Rochester or somewhere else. So that's how we got the money for the Kmart uh, redevelopment of 350000 towards their remodeling and the $6 million for Phoenix to tear down those buildings. So like I say, it's not hurting us taxpayers. That money was going to go to someone, and we're just glad it's coming here. Well, that is uh, encouraging, and I know from my conversations with Chris Pelzo, who oversees the Huron campus for the uh, owners, Phoenix Investors, um, he he is uh, looking forward to um, doing whatever they can to expedite demolition. He is hopeful, if things go right, that the demolition could start before the end of winter. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to that, too. I, I wrote to him, and I asked if the $6 million will help in, in rushing it along, but I haven't heard an answer yet. So I'm just kind of breathlessly waiting here. But with so much going on with Phoenix, it's hard to keep up with everything they're doing. 
Well, it is strange over the last, mm, say, 14 months or so since Phoenix Investors acquired the, the old IBM property. There, there have been a lot of um, big changes outside, and I, I'm even told a lot of work has been going on inside some of the buildings, you know, BAE Systems and other buildings that are occupied on the Huron campus, and a lot of people are, are pleased to see some of the issues in terms of basic maintenance and even trying to spruce up the place. It's, it's now being addressed by the, uh, the new owners. Yes, they have our code department in there a lot, checking out what they're doing, and they are doing a magnificent job. They're they're making things as clean and safe as possible, and uh, this new technology is really taking over. We're going to be known worldwide again. I guess Imperium is planning on taking over absolutely everything in the campus that isn't already promised, plus the new property and beyond. So we're looking to... Uh, Town of Union, Vestal, and even Owego. I was talking to somebody from Owego the other day about branching out there. I figure we'll spread the wealth around. But it'll be based in Endicott. Yes, sir, it will. And that's the best part of it. Endicott, and it's going to be great to have all those buildings used again. They got their large tax decrease because the buildings weren't being used and they were falling apart. But now that they're fixing them up, that's called capital improvements. And once we start fixing them all up and we get new buildings on the property where they're taking down the old ones, we can go for another tax reassessment. And the village of Endicott will once again uh, be getting more tax revenue. Now, this might be a few years in, in the future, but we needed to see some light at the end of the tunnel, and I do believe we're going to see that now. And that, that's a big deal to us taxpayers. Another aspect of the announcement from Albany involved the old, I call it the old Kmart store, because that's where they used to have blue light specials and all sorts of wacky promotions before the flood in 2011, the uh, old Endicott Plaza. Now, the building has just been sitting there for more than 12 years since the flood shut down the Kmart store. But now Green Mountain Electric Supply of Vermont is in the process of acquiring the old store building. And part of the money, or a separate part of the money that was uh, authorized officially on Tuesday, $350,000 will help cover some of the renovation costs for the new project. Yes, our code, again, has been in the building and, and found that the foundation is safe. They need a new roof, and they need a lot of new remodeling to make it fit to what they're going to be using it for. But most of their trucks and stuff will be parked outside. They'll be re blacktopping the, the parking lot, which, which will not disturb anything underneath it, which is what we're going for. We have to make sure nothing gets disturbed because that is over an old dump. But they'll have a lot of uh, their trucks coming to, to drop things off and then, and then switch them and going to another warehouse. Uh, Green Mountain does have a retail store in Binghamton, I found out. This is only going to be for wholesale. The average homeowner, like you or I, can't go in and buy a few switches or anything. Uh, it's only wholesale, but they do have retail in Binghamton. But this is going to make it possible. They're going after the rest of their financing. They have it 99% done from what I heard. So they should be starting the very beginning of 23, which is only a few weeks away. Well, it's interesting. Even today, the IDA is scheduled to take up a, a matter related to the, um, the future of that building. 
and um, and I, looking at at how it's described, it appears the company is is planning to put a lot of money to get that building and that site back into uh, a productive mode. If if one is to believe what what this proposal before the IDA is, it, it looks like they're we're going to spend a significant amount of money to get that that uh, building that that has just been sitting there for over a decade back into use. Yeah, that meeting, I've, I've got the paper in front of me because I have to call in. Uh, that starts, the, the agenda is 1130 and the meeting is starting at noon today. And uh, that is the first thing on the agenda, as a matter of fact. They're going to be scheduling a public hearing on this because they're giving them some tax benefits. But this is not a pilot. This is just tax benefits, which, which the government does give out for new projects. And they'll be explaining what they're doing. And they'll probably go into more depth once we do get into the meeting with the IDA. So that that is another aspect of it. I'm glad that they're helping us here in Endicott attract these companies and 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 make their their projects viable. That that makes a big difference to have these people be able to get the tax benefits rather than sending them to another city where they could get them. And so, it's all state money. <laughs> right. I mean, so they'll get some break uh, in, in terms of with a real property tax exemption also yeah, that's uh, e- exempting some of the the equipment they plan to buy from sales and use tax so that that's part of the proposal that'll be um, probably i assume acted on at today's meeting of the ida yeah and like i say they're they're going to bring it up today but it says they're going to be scheduling a public hearing. oh i see that, that you're, you're right a public yeah, hearing must be held so that probably wouldn't happen till uh, the january ida meeting exactly so this gives people time to find out what this is about the agency can explain it better and and then when when they have the public hearing people can call in but i think this is this is just another good thing for endicott i i've been against pilots in the past i guess that's not a secret but that was because it was all endicott money that we were spending and it was on stuff that wasn't going to bring us a return this is going to bring us a return and that's what i have to look out for as mayor i have to make sure that any money we spend is going to be beneficial for us taxpayers down the road and uh, this i do believe will be i really think this is a good deal do you have a sense uh at this time because we we've talked just sort of uh generally about um, the the company's plans to also try to accommodate students over at the jenny f snap middle school that's just to the west of the old kmart plaza uh is there more of a sense of what they're hoping to do as far as providing uh, a path or a trail or whatever that students can use to go between vestal avenue and and harrison avenue uh to keep them separated from from the the trucks that'll be coming and going at the uh, the warehouse facility Yes, and this was their idea. They they proposed this. They could see in advance that this was a good idea, and that is in their plans. I have seen their plans, and it is in their plans because they, they worry about safety. In the village, we're very, very careful anymore about whatever we do, and they picked up on that, and they are making sure that it will be a safe path. Now, they also want to make kind of a grassy park area, but I was talking to some of our department heads yesterday, and they're, they're a little concerned at more parks because we don't have a lot of street help to, to do all this work. And I have uh, another line on something that might happen where we might need more parking space over there. So 
things are a little bit unclear as to what they're going to do on the other side of that walkway, but the walkway is definitely in, and there will be green space down there. They want to make it look presentable and nice. So they will be planting grass in areas and some shrubs. I doubt they'll be planting too many big trees because they have to be careful digging down into into the dump. They've got to be very, very mindful of that. But green space would be no problem with throwing down some topsoil and putting in some grass seed. It would really look nice down there. Kind of soften up all that blacktop. Well, are any steps going to be taken to provide more parking for the Crooked Mouth Brewing outfit that just opened a a couple weeks ago where Pat Mitchell's was? Because as it is now, they don't have a whole lot of parking attached to, to their new outfit. They have only a few spaces that are technically theirs. I'm certain we could work something out with the people who bought the Kmart Plaza because they wanted to be a good neighbor, and that is a very, very big calling card, that Crooked Mouth Brewery, because as as a, a woman, most of us females want wine. We're not beer drinkers, and they have wine there, and they have a restaurant there. So that's a big calling card. So I do believe that that place has been very busy so far, and I expect it to be even more busy in the in the you know, warmer months. So I think asking for parking wouldn't be out of out of uh, the reach of of uh, reali- reality. Are you expecting some other development then near the the Kmart Plaza that would require even more parking to be allocated? Well, I've got a kind of a, a tentative plan, but since since I haven't really talked to anybody involved, I don't want to get too far ahead because I get I tell everybody all my big plans, and when they don't come through. Everybody's kind of sad, but we might be needing just just parking down there, not a business, just parking uh, for trucks. So we're we're it's just a thought right now. Uh, we have a trucking outfit that might need a place to park their trucks. It might be a nice place with uh, being able to put blacktop down there over the dump. But again, we can't have it all blacktopped. We do need some grass down there because we need we need to soften it up and maybe some bushes around all these buildings. I mean, heavens, look what National Pipe did. If we could do even a little portion of what they did, it would be wonderful because we need the landscaping too. It's 1126. We're speaking with Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson. Uh, one of the other issues we've touched on with you, and we also spoke with Johnson City Mayor Martin Maney about uh, the sticker shops, gift shops. Uh, Mayor Maney mentioned to us, and I know I also spoke with the Johnson City Police Chief uh, Red Dodge about uh, action they took against uh, a gifting shop sticker shop on Floral Avenue. Apparently that's shut down for good because they were allegedly trying to circumvent the state laws on on weed. Um, Anything new in Endicott? I know at one point you told me that there may have been as many as three or four of these shops along Washington Avenue that were trying to provide gifts during the holiday season um, and, and gifts, therefore, would be gifts of weed because, of course, that's what everybody apparently is asking Santa for this year. What's the? St- <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I apparently, I apparently, I live in the wrong wrong circles or whatever. But whatever, you know, who am I to judge? But um, so, what is the status of of some of those shops that were operating along the avenue? Well, just yesterday we got our law back from Albany. The uh, the local laws are like this, Bob. The state has got a set of rules. And the local laws, the local municipalities can make things more strict, 
We just cannot make them less strict. And we decided that the state laws had too many gray areas and didn't give our police enough enough enforcement. And so we made some enacted some new laws to assess points to these people who do not want to obey the state law on the marijuana and the gifting. And they just came into play as of yesterday. Uh, each place has got up like six points every time they go and they're, they, they're caught doing this. Instead of just being given a fine and having their marijuana confiscated, now they're going to be assessed points. And if they get 12 points in one year, which is two visits, can be done in two days, or 18, um, let's see, 12 in six months and 18 in a year, we can shut them down for anywhere between six months and a year, which means they can't open. And when they're threatened with that, that's why the one in Johnson City moved. Closed for one year, they can't handle. So as of today, they'll be able to start issuing those tickets. So I would say pretty soon those places are going to be um, not not, not uh, in operation because we finally found a way around it. But these cannabis laws are very difficult. My uh, code committee had made out a regular cannabis law for our uh, dispensary. We can have one dispensary in the village. And then two weeks ago, the state said, oh, by the way, we're changing the rules again. So we have to redo our law. So it, it's just kind of annoying with the state changing their laws all the time. It's hard for us to write these local laws. But for the, for the gifting, we've got a handle on it. We've been working with Johnson City. Our law matches theirs. Uh, for confiscation and the, and the code violations and passing out these uh, these uh, points. And so we should be able to shut them down just like Johnson City did. And I'm sure that Binghamton won't be far behind because these same people that have places in Endicott have them in Johnson City and have them in Binghamton. And we're just going to have to just keep moving them out of the area. I mean, weed's legal, but we need to keep it within the legal ramifications of it. How many of those shops are operating at this moment now on Washington Avenue? Do you still think three of them are, are doing business? Yes, sir, I do. All right. I think there's one on North Street. So um, we'll just see. I was at a SEPTED meeting yesterday. That's crime prevention through environmental design. We fashioned it after Binghamton's, and Binghamton's is very, very successful. And uh, it's all our department heads meet once a month uh, and talk about problems in the village and how are we going to tackle this by code, by by police, by electric um, or water. What did they have their water turned off or street? And uh and they're very optimistic that we're going to get these places done, all th- working all together like this. As we say, stay tuned. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to add right now? Anything new on the arch? Because I, I always look at the arch and I always wonder... Is there going to be something new? I know Martin Maney is still hoping that uh, the Johnson City Arch at the Binghamton line uh, gets gets some attention in the next few months. Anything new with Endicott's Arch? Looks looks like somebody put some lights up on it. Yeah, they put lights up for Christmas, but um, it's it's in a little bit of better shape than Johnson City's is. It had been done more recent than theirs. I think it does need some cosmetics, but we haven't really addressed that yet. Uh, that might be down, down the road, though. We might consider it if, if uh, it needs some work. We might be able to start doing something there. A lot of our volunteers have uh, bought pots. I guess uh, McDonald's even spent money on flower pots. So, so we've got volunteers who are going to put flowers on either side, just kind of dress it up a little, and the lights help. But, but if the actual structure work, I don't think it needs too much just yet, but then I haven't really looked at it that closely. The bragging rights, though, go to Endicott because... The Endicott Arch is wider 
than the Johnson City We had City to make Arts. it wider. I know. Yeah, yeah, we had to make it wider for the street. I remember the so controversy was, because one time, one time somebody said, I know what we ought to do because there were traffic issues due to the placement of the arch on the curve and so much traffic volume on East Main Street. One guy said, I know we can move the arch and put it like at a park. And that, that went over like a lead balloon because people love the, the arch right there, which sort of delineates the, uh, the start of the Union District. Yeah, and and they also wanted it on on the beginning of Washington Avenue, but but it's kind of hard. I mean, that's where Mr. Johnson's people wanted it. So right. It's a little it's a little difficult to say. Oh well, you wanted it there, but now we're going to change it. It's just like changing history. Let's not do that. Let's let's leave it there and and where people have come accustomed to it. I'd like to put one on 26 South coming in. The DOT has given me permission, but I'm having trouble getting money from the DRI to put the arch there that matches the one that when you're coming into Johnson City, there's a welcome sign that resembles an arch. Uh, across from like the area where you go to Wilson Hospital and Sarah Jane Methodist Church. And I would love to have one out on 26 South where that green sign used to be. That's why the DOT took it down, because they're giving us permission to put a sign there. I'm just looking for the funds to do it. I asked the agency, but they said that they can't spend money on something like that. So I'm trying to talk to the Department of State to, to put a welcome sign out there under our gateway provision of our DRI. So I'm working on it. People, people love the arch. They really do. Well, it's symbolic of, of mm-hmm. an important era for both Endicott and Johnson City. Yes. Speaking of gateways, though, the yes. gateway sign to Endicott from McKinley Avenue, Route 26, somebody took that down. So now when you enter Endicott coming off Route 17, there's no sort of big welcome sign. Somebody, I don't know who they were, but somebody took that sign down that welcomed people. The DOT? Why would they take it down? Because they were getting ready to put up our our stone arch sign. They were getting ready for that. That's what Uh. they did it for. They, that's why they did it. They were get they were they were giving us permission. They said, "Okay, we'll take it down and we'll put up a new oh, one." But now, and then, then I, it's now on I hold. ran into trouble. Oh. I know. They I, didn't know I was going to run into trouble. I thought it was approved, and it well, wasn't. I, so every time I drive through there, I have to think to myself, "Is this the way to the Endicott Business District?" And I say, <laughs> "It probably is because this is the route I've always taken since I was a kid to get into the business district." But it just seems weird now because you have yeah, the the structure. I mean, some kind of sign. I'll get some kids over the the holiday, the week between Christmas and New Year's, and I'll, I'll get some people, and, and we'll make our own sign, and we'll put it up in the middle okay. of the night, and then we'll get on. Uh, what's that, that thing that uh, the kid on CBS does? Uh, that's Steve who wanders around the nation looking for funny stories, and he'll do a funny story about about a guy from Binghamton who got arrested at 3 in the morning for putting up a sign welcoming people to Endicott, New York. Well, on the corner there where the Presbyterian Church is now New Hope is across from the Methodist Church, they have a little garden, and there's going to be a gateway sign there that will say Business District, and it will be having an arrow pointing where the Business District is. That will be on the corner of McKinley, and I do believe that's um, broad right there. I get my streets mixed up All sometimes. Right. My, my geography is not great. Well, just um, so you know, in case in case somebody was asking, I was I was there in the freezing cold 
in uh, uh-huh. in Endicott this morning taking pictures. I won't tell you about the story, but it's going to be a great. I'm serious. Oh. It's going to be a, a very positive story. I don't know Good. if we can report it today or tomorrow, but uh, I think a lot of people will be happy if if I'm able to nail down the information. So what I say to you and everybody in Endicott, stay tuned. Sounds like a good plan. Yep. Very good. All right. That's that's coming up, Rob. That's coming up. Endicott, Marilyn Jackson, thanks. Hope you have a, a good day and enjoy your holiday weekend. Thank you. You too, Bob. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. 11.36. This is Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Got to tell you, if you're out reporting around here or taking pictures, be sure to bring some gloves. Frostbite. Frostbite. We'll get you every time, unless you take precautions. 607-772-1290 is the number. Bob Joseph on News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. WNBF Local Talk, recommended by four out of five doctors for their patients who chew gum. And we go back to phones now to Tioga County. Jesse in Owego. Good morning. You're on the air. First of all, uh, Mr. Joseph, I must apologize for blowing up your emails, but I couldn't believe all the news that I was reading this morning. I'm like, no. I must be living in a dream. It's either got to be giant sunspots or there's got to be a blue moon out there, something somewhere. I just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, I just have to pass this on to Mr. Big Guns, Bob, because I can give him all the ammunition he needs for today's news. And I could have kept going on. I just couldn't believe what I read. And if you read most of my emails, you tell me. I can't read most of your emails because you sent so many. It's like thousands, billions. I don't even know how Al Gore's internet handles all these emails. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna break the internets. I'm still worried about that 88 year old guy in uh, the Christmas ornament. I, right there, totally lost my mind. I'm like, that's it. Oh I need gosh. a few adult beverages. Yeah, we're 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 living in interesting times, Jesse. Yes. I know. That's why I'm left-handed, short Irish, and now I'm starting to make all left-hand turns <laughs> just to keep my... You're making all left-hand turns just like those UPS drivers won't. Remember the UPS oh. drivers, they said, oh, they won't let us make left-hand turns. I'm saying, go right ahead. They don't care. All they want is is for you to deliver the packages and not not complain. That's all they want, whether you deliver for UPS or FedEx, or the Postal Service, deliver the packages and don't complain. If you want to make a left turn, go make it. Just deliver the packages and be quiet. I can at least give you one story, and this is the absolute truth. I showed up a little bit late when I got to the armory there on West End, and the company commander called me out and said, why were you late? And I said, well, I had to make all left-hand turns getting here. He goes, what's wrong with that? He goes, it doesn't excuse you for being late. I said, well, my right hand turn signal will burn out. Man, and, you're you're lucky that you didn't get a, okay, we'll say a talking to. 
Well, let's just say I was close to losing one ring. Thank <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you, Jesse. Uh, you can say a lot on talk radio. You can't say a lot in a military-related situation. So I'm told. I haven't had to experience it firsthand. I'm just saying that my, my type of attitude would not be conducive to a military-type situation. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. It's Linda from Binghamton. How are you? I am well. Thanks for calling in. I just wanted to know if you know anything about the $2.5 million project that's going on at 187 Clinton Street. It was on the news, and I have no idea what they what the plans are for that area. And I was just wondering if you knew anything about it. Um, what news channel had it on? It was on 12. You know, 12 at the 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And it was on with the Kmart Plaza one, the money allocated for that, and also the $2.5 uh, million for 187 Clinton Street. And that's right across from the pre-existing cogen plant that's there. And I was wondering what their plans uh, for Binghamton was at, at that spot. Hmm. Yeah, i uh be honest with you. I, I overlooked that as part of all the big hullabaloo because of the money oh, yeah. that was allocated to Endicott with the uh, tearing down the IBM buildings and the um, renovations at the old Kmart building. But let me check here on Action News. Um, Action News. Oh, huh, that's interesting. Actually, hmm. well, the short answer is what they're exactly going to do at 187 Clinton Street, I'm not, I'm not familiar with. I... Um, Hmm. We'll find out. Oh, I will find out, yeah. But Action News didn't say? They just said no. that... Well, no, there. was at 187 Clinton. Huh. But I'm wondering if they're going to... I, I think their plans for the future, what I was told when they did the highway project and put the new Maget exit further down, that they plan on opening that exit up to go right downtown Binghamton instead of going down to Maget Street. Hmm. Well, now that I see, and I won't go into detail, but now I see who owns the property. Hmm. All I can say is, hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, me too. I just, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. Something nice. Well, so. uh, hopefully it'll be something nice. The The problem with some of the people involved here is they have a penchant for secrecy. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. to me... You're so correct. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they we they transparent about it. Yeah, well, the last time I did a story with these people, they they took a really dim view on a reporter asking them questions. I mean, almost uh. to the point where they were hostile. You know, it's it's yep. kind of like, wait, you guys live in this community, so you understand. You guys are big players, so why don't you want to talk about your project? And the look exactly. I got, oh, my gosh, you would think that I, I had stolen the last hot dog. I, I get that. Yeah. I called about the, uh, the other plant there. The, uh, yeah. Oh, what is it? The, I'm sorry. This one down there, the plant. Yeah, well, you know, I, yeah, because yeah. actually I think I did. Now, let me just hold on a second because now I'm – I'm recalling a story from a few years ago, and let me see if I can find this, because this might actually be tied in. You know, actually, it looks like it is. Looks like, yeah. So, 
So the short answer is, I don't know exactly what's going on. The longer answer is, I'll try to find out. But again, because these these folks have a documented hostility toward media, my, my guess is I'll have to find a workaround. And also exactly. because because all my friends at City Hall don't return my phone calls anymore. Because it must be well, something I'm I said. Get on that because I think we got to have a, a meeting about it with the public. Well, there should be yep. a meeting. You know, the, yep. this the secrecy going on in this town is is at a level not seen in my lifetime. I I was born in Binghamton. When I was born, well, when yep. I was born, they kept a few secrets in Binghamton, but for the most part, things were transparent. And if you asked a question of a city official or the mayor or even a business operator, more often than not, they'd say, hey, good question. Here's what's up. And it, it wouldn't be like pulling teeth. Now, because of everything is such a state secret, you would think that we, you know, we were building a facility with the missile codes or the nuclear codes. Yeah. You know, and all these people, what I think is they, they, they like keeping secrets because it makes them feel like big guys. I, I get that. Yeah. That's not the way it should be. No, but I'm going to do some research as well. All right. Let me know what you find out. You know, together um, we'll we'll cobble something together, and then they'll look at WNBF.com and say, oh, they found out anyway. Yeah. I mean, well, we're going to find out. Yeah, the truth comes out whether or not they like it. I mean, just because. Sometimes it's too late, though, when the truth comes well, out. Well, that's what, what, that's what they count on. They count on yeah, ramming things do. through so things get approved. Well, Let's face it, we don't have enough media left in this town, so they take advantage of that. So they ram things through, the fix is in, and then by the time that anybody in a neighborhood gets to actually put in their two cents, it's too late. It's like, no, should have should have brought that up a couple months ago. And it's like, we didn't know what you were doing. I know, that's well, how we... I'm glad you're here on the radio to... To find out these. All right, I'll I'll work on it. I'll 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 oh. go there and I'll be prepared to be greeted with the uh, the hostility that is so prevalent at this time you know, during the holidays. Maybe actually, if well, I go if I go this week because it's the holidays, maybe they'll just toss a a, a giant lump of coal at me and tell me. I you know. think you can sing a Christmas carol. Maybe they'll let you in. <laughs> Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll bring them uh, a lovely arrangement of poinsettias. There you go. Thank well, you. You have a good day. And <laughs> Thanks. We'll be uh, we'll be looking forward to the answers there. Sure. Take care. Thanks. Yep. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas. Get off my property. Ho ho ho! Eleven forty nine. Ho ho ho! WNBF. We've got secrets. Ho, Such a I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. And when you're out there without care, yeah, I was out of touch. But it wasn't because I didn't know enough. I just knew. Yeah, probably. 11.52 WNBF. Back to the phones we go. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? First name's Vinny, calling from Binghamton. Hey, what's up? Uh, hey, 
Bob, you know, I'd like to, I just received something in the mail and I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, one of the traditions that this country has, I don't know, maybe it's all over the world, but um, I know it's talked about once in a while, but it, it, it really is so special this time of the year. And that's the, uh, that's a Christmas card. And uh, the older you get, you start to realize how important these things are, or to take time out, to take a breath, you know, realize. I know we talk about this at Thanksgiving, but, you know, this is kind of like Christmas is kind of like the end of the year. You know, um, we're, we're, we're moving on. And, uh, you know, I just received this Christmas card from a uh, couple. We met them in church a long time ago when we, our kids were very little, and their kids uh, babysat mine and um, all the little things that happen, and they take the time to write personal messages all the way through the card, fill it up, goes on to the other side, and talk about how um, special we were and those times. I mean, it was really heartfelt. It made you stop and think what's really important in our lives and sharing and being kind to one another and the people that you um, meet along the way And it comes back later on how special you were back then, and you didn't even know it. That's what, and that's what's so what's so nice about a card. And they 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 put a um, a picture in there of the girls. They're married, grown up. I'm like, oh my god! And it just takes me back all the years and years ago about when they were small. I remember they were babysitting here one um, one time, and um, there's a young man that kind of liked them, saw her, and he would ride his bike way out by the road, and my son comes up, oh, Dad, you know, so-and-so's on. So I went and bought a screen door, because our front door, we first moved in, was, uh, you know, you open it up, and you're right at, the person's right there. So I went bought a nice, good screen door, so that if anything like that happens, you can still talk to them, and there's something between. I mean, just the things you did, about safety and all that kind of stuff, but uh, it just brought back a lot of good memories, and I hope Thanks for sharing. That's that's uh, important for us to appreciate. So thank you. Yeah, I just hope everybody else has uh, gets one of those type of cards if they haven't already. I hope so too. Thank you. Uh huh. Eleven fifty five. Bob Joseph with you live on this Wednesday morning at News Radio WNBF ninety two one FM twelve ninety AM and streaming at WNBF dot com. More sounds of the season on News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM 12:90 AM. Streaming at WNBF.com. This is Bob Joseph. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in tomorrow morning for another live local episode of As the Bob Turns only on WNBF.
WNBF Binghamton.